You're listening to Life in the A-Zone podcast. I'm Peggy Sweeney McDonald, and these are my stories of moving back to my hometown in Louisiana after 36 years to live with my father and mother after she was diagnosed with Alzheimer's. It's been a tough journey, but through the hard times, I found the strength to keep moving forward and find those precious moments of grace. Writing my stories of love, laughter, life, and loss in the A-Zone has helped me to grieve and heal. I'm honored to share them with you. Thank you for listening today. The Ladies Who Lunch Where do you want to go today? Mom would ask me on my many visits to Baton Rouge over the years, usually the first day after I arrived from wherever I was living. We would dress up and head out to shop at the Mall of Louisiana or some other upscale shopping center, followed by a nice lunch at one of my favorite Baton Rouge restaurants or a new one she had recently discovered and was anxious to share with me. These were our special mother-daughter days. Often, and long before Alzheimer's was on our radar, as we were ready to leave, Mom would say, I can't find my keys, and we would spend about 10 minutes looking for them. Some days, her purse was missing. I found them, Dad would say. Where? On the counter next to your purse. Do you have money? My dad would ask her as he pulled out his money clip, handing her a bunch of bills. Y'all have fun today, he would say as we headed out the door. Mom would get behind the wheel of her grandmommy van, and we would head to Talbot's, Chico's, and Taylor, Macy's, or Dillard's for endless shopping possibilities. I cherish these mother-daughter dates with her. Try that on. I think it would look cute on you, she would say as we pulled outfit after outfit off the racks. My arm would ache from the weight of the clothes until the saleswoman would rescue me and place them in a dressing room. Sometimes mom would find something for herself, but usually it was all about me on those days. After about an hour of selecting clothes, we would head to the dressing room and she would sit in the chair or bench as I would try on clothes for a good 30 minutes. With each outfit, she would zip me up, give me her honest opinion, unzip me, and put the clothes back on the hanger, organizing rejects on one side of the dressing room and favorites on the other. The conversations always went something like this. I'm so fat, I need to go on a diet, I'd say. You look great, stop it, she'd say. What do you think as I spun around the too crowded dressing room before stepping to check myself out in the full length mirror at the end of the hall? Peggy, take that off. That dress does nothing for you. Look, mom, this is fabulous. Oh, I love it, Peggy. You need to get it. Yes, Mom, but it's not on sale. It's full price and too expensive for me. I will buy it for you. It's your early birthday present or Easter, Christmas, anniversary. Or she would simply say, I haven't bought you anything for a while and I want to get this for you. This shirt is cute on me. It looks mama, which was her word for frumpy. I love this dress. I can't get it to zip up, Peggy. You need to lose a couple of pounds. Try this one on. I think it will be your favorite. As she handed me something I would have never chosen. Bingo. My mom was always right. It's amazing. We would walk out with half of the clothes I had tried on. At the register counter, she would hand me two of the sales items. 
You can get these for yourself and I will get the rest, she would say, pulling out her credit card. Then, as she placed her wallet back into her purse, she would hand me a wad of cash. This is for you to use on your trip while you are here. And off we would go to lunch, bags in hand. My three sisters would usually join us for lunch since this was the first opportunity for all of us to get together on these trips back home. This was our special ladies who lunch day and I loved every minute. Mom and I were big on sales and bargains. Once, while shopping in Los Angeles at the Nail Defunct Robinson's May department store in the heart of Beverly Hills, my friend Eugenie found a gold lame long halter dress marked down countless times to $7.50. Eugenie is a 6'2 actress and former model that can make a grocery bag look great. She strolled out, smashing, modeling the dress for mom and me. Other shoppers stopped in their tracks and looked at my beautiful friend. We told her she needed to get that dress, and strangers agreed. Then she went to the counter to pay for the dress. It rang up for 50% off the $7.50, so she bought that dress for $3.75. If you stand here long enough, they'll give it to you, Mom announced loudly for the entire women's department to hear. We laughed and laughed. Eugenie has worn that dress many times and says that whenever she puts it on, she remembers my mom's funny remarks and laughs. During another shopping trip, when both my old New York roommate Sherry and my parents were visiting, Sherry joined mom and me. Since my mom's name is Sherry, too, they had a special kinship from the moment they met in New York in the late 80s. They always giggled together over the craziest things. Having them both in Los Angeles was a treat and a blessing for me. As we plundered through the sales items at Robinson's May, Sherry picked out several cute things. She was still single, living in New York in the last throes of her college degree and struggling financially. This trip to Los Angeles to see her sister and me was stretching her budget. Mom took her clothing out of her hand at the counter, put them on our stack, and paid for them all. My mom, a mama bear to everyone. Besides being fun-loving, she is the giving tree to the nth degree. She makes everyone feel special and loved. Years later, Sherry met her future husband, Steve, online, and when they planned their wedding at the Florida Keys, my parents were invited. Sherry was part of our family, so we showed up. Dad brought his video camera, and my parents interviewed Sherry and Steve in our hotel room, asking them how they met, what was their first date, where their first kiss was, and what they loved most about each other. A few years ago, my parents came to visit us in L.A. the day after Christmas and stayed through New Year's Day. Mom and I hit the mall one afternoon while Dad and Jimmy watched a bowl game. Looking through boxes of shoes on sale at the Coldwater Creek store, I came upon some cute cowboy boots in red and brown with black trim. Try those on, Mom said, looking over my shoulder. I sat in a chair and pulled them on. I pranced around, modeling them both. She laughed when I said, Yee-haw! sighed, kicking my legs up in the air. What color should I get? I asked her. I like them both, she replied. Let me think about it. The brown ones would be more practical, but the red ones are more me, I said as I walked into the dressing room to try on some clothes. Mom sat down in a chair. There was an older gentleman standing there, waiting for his wife. Your daughter definitely needs to get the red boots, he told Mom. Mom marched into the dressing room, pulled back the curtain, and announced, We've got this man's opinion. The red ones. I'll buy them for you. She grabbed the red boots and headed to the counter to pay for them. 
I wear those red boots with a black trim with pride and get compliments everywhere I go. They are my happy boots. They look great on Christmas afternoon when we gather for gumbo with my family. Red sweater, blue jeans or black leggings, and the red cowboy boots, and I'm styling. The boots make me feel sassy, and I remember that day in Los Angeles as if it were yesterday. I've had those boots for probably 10 years now, and I've had them rehealed for more than the boots cost. I can't imagine the day when they're so worn out they go into the goodwill pile. I hope that day never comes. Since Jimmy and I moved back to Louisiana, Mom and I are now shopping with our unwelcome friend, Alzheimer's. I don't have the playbook for this new life in the A-Zone. I'm doing my best one day at a time, but it's not easy. It's been a couple of months since we moved back to Baton Rouge, and today Mom and I are walking around Macy's looking at the summer sales racks. I find a cute dress and dash into a dressing room to try it on. She sits on a chair right outside the dressing room holding a $100 bag of makeup on her lap. She couldn't find her makeup this morning, so my father told me to take her shopping. The saleswoman matched her skin for the expensive foundation. Then she picked out a pink lipstick and powder, spending enough to get the free gift with purchase. This dress is way too tight. Damn, too much Louisiana food these past few months. I quickly change. As I walk out of the dressing room, I notice Mom is gone. My heart goes to my toes. Mom, I call out repeatedly. Mom? As I dash through the aisles of women's wear, then continue into the lingerie department, looking right and left, Mom, Mom, my phone rings. It's my sister, Erin, who planned to join us at Macy's. Where are y'all? I'm here at Macy's, she says. I lost Mom. Oh, my God. We stay on the phone with each other. She goes to check the shoe department, and I head to the jewelry department, where I find my mother talking to a saleswoman. She looks confused and flustered. Where did you go? You left me, she snaps at me. I'm sorry, Mom. I came out of the dressing room and you were gone. I realize mid-sentence that this is hopeless. There is no explanation. She is lost in the Alzheimer's maze. My mom, who can navigate any department store with her four little girls trailing behind her, is now reduced to a scared little child being led around by her clueless daughter. I'm totally losing at the Alzheimer's battle. Aaron walks up and we look at each other relieved. I feel like crap. I lost mom. What the hell was I thinking? Thank God she didn't walk out of the store. I'm a nervous wreck and I can't wait to get out of here. Let's go have lunch at Cheesecake Bistro, Erin suggests. She knows I'm upset, so she takes charge. We sit in a big booth and she chats with mom in her most perky way for most of the lunch. I'm grateful she is here with us. I stab at my shrimp salad, stuffing my face, barely tasting it. I butter a French roll, eat it, and butter another. I'm eating my feelings. We drive back home in silence, listening to the 50 station on Sirius Radio. I'm driving the grandmommy van now. Mom hasn't driven since she was officially diagnosed with Alzheimer's. Did y'all have a good time, Dad asks as we walk into the house. Mom doesn't say anything. She walks through their bedroom and closes the door. I tell my father about losing Mom. He rolls his eyes, shakes his head, and says, I'm sorry. I head upstairs, crawl into our bed, my refuge, and cry. My tears seem endless these days. I come downstairs a few hours later, and Mama's sitting in the living room with Dad. She looks pissed off. Your mom can't find the makeup she bought today. Do you have it? He asks me. We look in the car, their bedroom, and bathroom. 
closets, the kitchen. I even searched our bedroom thinking maybe I had it. Dad is frustrated and I'm about to scream. We finally find the bag in their laundry cabinet shoved behind some dirty clothes. How did it get there? I didn't put it there, she said. I don't know, Mom. As I turn and head to the kitchen to cook dinner, I feel like I'm going mad. Dad comes into the kitchen and pours himself a glass of wine. We look at each other and just shake our heads. I'm sorry, he says again. My father is constantly apologizing for Mom's behavior to me. Yeah, me too, Dad, and we hug. It seems like it is us against my mom in the A-Zone. We are not prepared for these days, and I can't imagine the bleak future. In the first few months, we went to the mall to shop at least once a week. My mother is no longer buying me clothes, and I'm spending money on clothing I really don't need just to get her out of the house, as she is restless and says she wants to go somewhere. Dad gives her cash now when we leave to buy ourselves something. He gives me money for our lunch, and off we go for a few hours. At the store, she tells me, I have no money. I open her wallet and show her the money. She hands the woman at the cash register three $20 bills for a $12 purchase. The woman looks at me, and I step back behind Mom, roll my eyes, and shake my head. She gives two $20 back to Mom, then hands her the change. Mom is confused about what to do with the money. I realize she can't count anymore. Another check in the A-Zone box. She hardly ever wears the new clothes she buys. A week later, I pull them out, and she tells me she doesn't like them. One day, we pass the Goodwill store, and I pull in impulsively. What are we doing here, she sneers. Let's go look around, Mom. Really? Really? It'll be fun. Who knows what we'll find, I say in my most convincing voice. Genius. We spend 45 minutes wandering around and actually find a few nice things from some of our favorite stores, Chico's and Taylor. She likes it. I have never understood the draw of resale shops, even though I have friends who are obsessed. But now I search for every Goodwill in Baton Rouge and even discover another local thrift store called The Purple Cow. We hit them all, and just like that, we become thrift store shoppers. Instead of spending $60 to $100 per shopping visit at the mall, we spend $5 to $10, and we love it. Thrift shopping becomes our new thing. We find great tops, jackets, dresses, and some lovely pants. Some of the items she picked out are a bit strange, like a wicker suitcase never to be used that sits on a top shelf of our laundry closet. She continues to lose her makeup, and it is a daily source of anxiety. We stop buying high-end cosmetics and head to the Dollar Tree. We fill up a green plastic basket with lipsticks, powder, eyeshadow, eyebrow pencils, along with brushes and combs. She loses it all, and a week later, we head back to Dollar Tree. The latest missing item is scissors. We know they are in the house somewhere, but nobody can find them. The Dollar Tree has scissors for a buck, so now Dad takes her there at least twice a month to buy scissors. I finally snatched one of the pears and put them in the kitchen utensil drawer instead of the desk drawer, a simple solution that took me months to figure out. Mom and Dad soon discover the candy aisle at the Dollar Tree store and come back with movie candy-sized boxes of hot tamales, M&Ms, Junior Mints, Starburst, and Raisinets. 
It's our movie candy, they say, and add it to mom's overflowing black purse when they go to the movie theater. They stash the candy in the table linen drawer, hiding it from Jimmy and me. They know Jimmy loves Junior Mints and Raisinets. One night, after a particularly tough day with mom, the candy calls to me. She's pissed off a dad and hiding in her room with the door locked. She forgets he has a key placed over the door frame and can open it any time. I knock on the door. Mom, you want to come and watch The Voice with me? I wait and knock again. She opens the door, standing there like a little child. Sure, she says. We find our spots on the old green sofa. She sits on the end closer to the TV, and I lie with my head on the other end, my feet in her lap. It's my go-to spot. We soon get caught up in the show, clapping and laughing. Finally, I give in to the candy urge. I jump up and go to the secret stash drawer. Yes, there it is, my favorite peanut M&Ms under their rarely used placemats and cloth napkins. I grab the box, open the tightly sealed plastic with my hidden scissors, and head to the den. I hand her fistfuls of candy, and while we cheer for our favorite singers, we get our sugar fix. From the mall to the Goodwill, Purple Cow, and Dollar Tree, our shopping outings have become shorter. The ladies who lunch rarely go out to nice lunches anymore. Soon my mom, who was pacing the house, anxious to go somewhere, is now only happy going out for about an hour. We just take a ride, and sometimes she doesn't even want to get out of the car at Dollar Tree. I'm scared to leave her in the car alone, afraid she will wander off. Do you want to go have lunch, I ask her? No, we can eat at home. I want to check on Dad. The shopping trip slipped away just like my mom slipped away, I think as I turn the box of candy upside down. The last peanut M&M rolls out, and I hand it to her. She smiles at me and says, thank you. As hard as this is, I realize I'm doing the right thing. All those years of living so far away, I miss so many good times when she was fully present. But today, tonight, this moment, I can be present for her, for our life in the A-Zone. Thank you for joining me today. I'm Peggy Sweeney McDonald, and each week I will be sharing my stories of life in the A-Zone. My hope is for you to find courage, strength, and grace as you navigate your caretaking journey with your parents, spouse, or family members. New episodes will post each Wednesday. Follow me at Life in the A-Zone on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And check out my best-selling book, Meanwhile Back at Cafe Dumont, Life Stories About Food, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Pelican Publishing.